Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spooktacular people. Welcome to History Goes Bump Redux. I am your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, on this Redux, we're going back to Octagon Hall in Kentucky. Looking forward to it. This is a house that I would never want to have because it's got a lot of corners and corners are hard to clean. Yeah, all those dust bunnies that accumulate certainly aren't fun. But I guess it is supposed to help with spirits and stuff. This is true. Are you ready to go back? I'm ready. Octagon Hall in Franklin, Kentucky has the distinction of being the most unique house in the state of Kentucky. An octagon-shaped home is a rarity. There are only four in America, but this antebellum home is mysterious and distinct for more reasons than just its shape. Octagon Hall and the entire property that makes up the plantation it was built upon survived the Civil War and occupation by the Union Army. But something else survives here as well. This Kentuckian historical landmark transforms every autumn into a haunted house attraction that really is reportedly haunted. The city of Franklin in Kentucky was named for Benjamin Franklin and was formerly incorporated in 1820. Today, it's the county seat of Simpson County. It was here that Andrew Jackson Caldwell built his unique home. Caldwell was born in 1818 to John and Elizabeth Caldwell in Hardin, Kentucky. He was one of three children born to the couple. His first wife was Elizabeth Akers, and the couple had two children, Mary Elizabeth and A.J. A.J. died before he was two, and Mary Elizabeth died as a child. We've heard ages ranging from 7 to 11 to 12 in a horrific manner that we will detail further on in this podcast. The 1860 census has Mary still alive at 11. Elizabeth herself passed away in 1851. Caldwell then married Harriet Smith Morton in 1855 and the couple had eight children. Edith, who died at four, Henry, Martha, Andrew, twins Joseph and John, Virginia and Ernest. 
1847, Caldwell laid out plans for a home on a plantation in Franklin, Kentucky. He decided he wanted the place to be unique, so he chose to build it in the shape of an octagon. The home was built from bricks that were fashioned on the plantation from clay and other materials. The home was completed in 1859 with its distinct eight sides, and it rose to three stories. Not long after, in 1861, Civil War broke out in the United States. Kentucky was a Confederate state, and Caldwell was very pro-Confederacy. His brother was a colonel in the Confederate Army. Word was put out through the Confederate Army that if a Confederate soldier found himself in trouble, and if he could make it to the Octagon House, he would be given shelter. Wounded soldiers came, received medical care, and were hidden in the attic. Many did not survive their injuries, and they died in the safe harbor of the home. Two soldiers were buried on the property. The 1st Kentucky Brigade was nicknamed the Orphan Brigade, and they played a big role in the Battle of Shiloh. A group of 12,000 men that were part of the Orphan Brigade camped overnight at Octagon Hall in 1862. The Union Army was in hot pursuit, and the next day, 18,000 of them were camped on the plantation. This stay by the Union Army proved devastating for the Caldwell family. All of the family's cattle were killed, including their beloved milking cow, Old Spot. That's terrible. You kind of would think that would be a dog's name, Old Spot, but here's the worst part. Some of the dead cattle were thrown into the well, contaminating the water for months. The army also threatened to burn the house down, but later decided against it. This entire area of Kentucky was soon under Union occupation, and it became harder and harder for the Caldwell family to harbor Confederate soldiers. The Caldwell family were slave owners, and so it is ironic to think that the Underground Railroad was harboring runaway slaves in the same way the Caldwells were harboring rebel soldiers. We are not sure on her date or year of death, but we were guesstimating as accurately as possible that Mary Elizabeth died in 1860 at the age of 12. We are basing this on the 1860 census that has her alive at 11, which is inaccurate since the 1850 census has her age 3, and EVP sessions that claim she is 12. Mary was either playing by the fire down in the basement's kitchen or helping to prepare a meal there when her dress accidentally caught fire. The poor girl was horribly burned over much of her body, and she suffered for several days before she finally passed away. Andrew Caldwell died in 1866 at just 47. Harriet and the children continued to live in the home until 1918. She sold the house at that time to an osteopathic doctor from Tennessee named Dr. Miles Williams. Dr. Williams lived there until his death in 1954. His widow continued to live in the home until 1981. Wow, she outlived him by a lot. Quite a bit. The Williams family then rented out the property. In 2001, the Octagon Hall Foundation was formed and bought the property. Billy Bird was the executive director, and he had worked to restore the home. It is now a Civil War museum, with one room even set up as a hospital, and it hosts not only daytime tours, but paranormal investigators can do overnights in the building. Throughout the month of October, weekends feature Haunted Hall, a haunted house attraction. When I looked at their website, Kelly, they have two kinds of ghost hunts. They have one for novices, where it's kind of like what we did with the uh, Lillian place, where you have somebody who's kind of there guiding stuff, providing equipment, running everything. And then they have it for people who are more advanced. And you have to have at least a year under your belt and you have to prove it. So I don't know how you prove that you're an experienced team, but you can't be overnight without them supervising everything unless you're an experienced team. And I have no idea how much it costs because I already looked to see. (laughs) 
Ghost tales and a belief in the supernatural is a part of the history of the South, and Kentucky is no exception. Some of America's most haunted locations are located in Kentucky, including Bobby Mackey's Music World and Waverly Hill Sanatorium. Octagon Hall is believed to have several ghosts on the property. There's not only a family plot that has the graves of first wife Elizabeth Akers Caldwell and her two children, Mary Elizabeth and baby A.J., but there are those two Confederate soldiers' graves, and there's also a slave cemetery. Billy Bird and his brother Barry were the first to report strange happenings as they renovated the house. Beds that were made up would either become rumpled or have indentations on the mattress as if someone were lying on the bed. Doors opened and closed of their own accord. Disembodied footsteps were heard, and occasional dark figures were seen. The burglar alarm went off one evening, and Billy joined an officer inside the home. The two watched as the parlor door knob jiggled, so the officer went around back to sneak up on the intruder. He found no one, and when he returned to the front, both he and Billy watched as the knob turned and the door opened on its own. You gotta love it when you got the cop Very there cool. to supervise. <laughs> you gotta love it when you have a cop there to witness that. Very cool. After renovations were complete, the house and property were opened for tours. During one such tour in 2003, the heavy iron kettle that hung in the fireplace of the basement's kitchen became dislodged and flew across the room in front of the entire tour group. Can you imagine seeing a huge iron no. kettle do that? You're <laughs> the crap out Not of me. Not at all. The kettle had no visible assistance with this action. Seaborne Paranormal Investigations released a video in 2011 that features the basement kitchen's fireplace and a weird phenomenon that floats into the room. It appears to be a shaft of light that disappears when humans enter the room. Our skeptical minds claim it's some kind of play with string and the infrared light from the camera. But if this group is honest in their claims, then we have no explanation for what caused this phenomenon. Mary Elizabeth is thought to haunt the kitchen, and experiences involving her have been reported by numerous investigation groups. EVPs have caught a young girl crying for her mommy and reporting her as being 12 years old. Some people claim to hear audible screams of a young girl, many of which include her screaming for her mother. God, I just hate that. I know. These seem to be residual in origin. Mary has played what investigators call the flashlight game, which is a game involving your standard flashlight left sitting by itself and turning off and on when the spirit is asked to turn the flashlight off and on. We will say after scouring numerous websites featuring EVPs of a young girl that we wonder who exactly the spirit really is because many of the words and sentences captured lead us to believe that the spirit is a prankster with an intention of trying to scare people. The young girl voice has claimed her favorite game is a haunting, and the voice has been recorded saying, I'm going to get you. And as if talking to someone else, how should I get them? Ew. (laughs) Planning a little something there. You know, I tell you all the time, I think the ghosts are talking to themselves more than they talk to us. When Andrew Caldwell passed away, they held a viewing and wake in the parlor, as was custom at the time. There were no embalming at this time, and so a few days of a body sitting open in a room could get a bit, well, odorous. Ew. (laughs) On the anniversary of Caldwell's death in 2003, a strong scent of flowers was smelled in the parlor, although there were no flowers in the home at the time. This scent was then followed by the unmistakable scent of death and decay. Yeah, and we know that's why I think a lot of people are like, I wonder why they always have so many flowers at funerals and stuff. Well, used to be a necessity because the body had been there for a little bit was getting ripe. Yeah, it was to mask the odor. Strange light phenomenon have been recorded in the nursery. The spirit of a Confederate soldier who bled to death in the attic is thought to still be in the attic. Adult male voices have been caught on recorder, 
and are seen in the windows. The house has been featured on My Ghost Stories and My Ghost Stories Caught on Cam, Most Terrifying Places in America, Ghost Hunters, and Haunted Collector. When Ghost Hunters investigated the property in 2014, they captured an EVP of a man asking to not be forgotten. And I think I read somewhere that there was like a beehive or something that was up in the attic. Mr. Caldwell would give the Confederate soldiers he was hiding up there some kind of beekeeper type outfits, whatever they had back in the Victorian era, to protect them. Oh, goodness. But it also kept the Union soldiers from going up there because they're like, oh, there's a bunch of bees up there. We don't want to go up there with a beehive. Oh, wow. And now a little break for a word about one of our sponsors. A tunnel exists under the ground running from the kitchen to an outdoor barn, and there is paranormal activity that has been attributed to the tunnel and is perhaps a result of the tunnel being excavated. The tunnel would have been used to secret away Confederate soldiers. The Loom House is a small wooden building on the property that is a replica of the former building that had stood there. It was used as a slave quarters and was also a place where knit fabric was made. Supernatural activities take place in this building, which include disembodied footsteps, doors opening and closing on their own, and sudden chills. Tennessee paranormal investigator Keith Fournier told the Bowling Green Daily News in 2018, In general, it's probably one of the most haunted sites in the country. For its size, there's more evidence caught in that location than for any other location of its size in the country. We've heard Mary Elizabeth crying at night. You can hear male voices at night with deep southern drawls. I've seen many apparitions, many, many shadow figures. Yesenia Bush was a docent at the museum, and she was cleaning in the hall's former hospital room, and she recalled an experience she had. I got this intense feeling in the back of my mouth. I could smell it, blood, very clearly, to the point that I was choking on it. This kind of reminded me of you being in the depot at the Exchange Hotel, where you could taste iron in your mouth. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking of. She thought she was having a nosebleed, so she tipped her head back and the choking feeling got worse. I didn't care if I got blood everywhere. I threw my head forward and nothing came out. She checked herself in a mirror and saw nothing and the feeling went away. Her experiences here changed her from a skeptic. I was here for about a month and I had to question everything. This house showed me things that made me understand I did not understand everything about the universe. And never will because of these experiences. Indeed. Because here's another one where I was already amazed that you had like that iron taste in your mouth. But imagine having that choking feeling, too. Like there's literally something in your throat. Right. And there's nothing there. How the hell does that happen? Like This stuff just mystifies me. A group investigating was using the SB7 spirit box and they asked how many spirits are in the room with us right now. Moments later, a voice came through answering seven before seemingly changing its answer to eight almost immediately. Like somebody else rushed in and said, oh, there's eight, number eight. They thanked the spirits for their answer and got, you're welcome. I love that. Yeah. The late executive director of the house, Billy Bird, who we talked about earlier, told this story about seeing Mary Elizabeth in the basement. I assume that some of the tourists had stopped and the little girl had come in and I said, "Hun, can I help you? And the best way I can describe it is that she turned away from me and basically encapsulated herself and then just poofed into black dust. I'm sure it took me 10 minutes to get my jaw off the floor. Uh, That's about how long it would take me. That's for certain. Especially he's looking at her thinking she's a real little girl. And he's probably like, oh, there must be some tourists here. And she's just run away from her folks. Director of Octagon Hall, Barry Bear Gaunt said, 
We're considered one of the most haunted houses in America, and the Travel Channel called us one of the most terrifying places in America. I've been dealing with the paranormal for 46 years. I sit here day after day. Some days, I don't want to stay here. I've spent the night alone in the house, but I tell folks now, nope, I won't spend the night in the house alone again. (laughs) I don't know what's happened to him, but holy cow. And then listen to this, Kelly. People have seen Bigfoot out here, Dogman out here, large flying winged creatures, skinwalkers, UFOs, devil dogs, odd lights, and several report seeing shadow figures roaming the grounds and in the home. You name it, they've seen it. This year we've been pretty busy. We reserve the house for paranormal teams. We had over 20 here in May and are averaging 12 to 15 a month. People come here from all over the world. There's disembodied voices going on. We've heard bells ringing upstairs. Sometimes it's just me in the house and I've had a voice yell down and say, did you hear that? I say, yes, thank you. (laughs) It's like, who's asking you, did you hear that? (laughs) It's like the ghosts are ringing a bell. Hey, do you hear us? Trying to get your attention here. (laughs) I've seen some of the weirdest things in the world. My friend Melvin and I saw Mary Elizabeth. We were walking down the brick walkway outside and turned around and there was this little girl up in the window and she was waving at us. So intelligent. We've really connected. I saw a guy all dressed in black and wearing a big preacher's hat. He looked at me and then his feet and head came together and poof, it was like a bunch of gnats. So it's like he clicked his heels and just disappeared like a bunch of bugs. That's bizarre. I'm kind of seeing from the Green Mile. I'm thinking of the guy who was uh, coffee in the Green Mile and when he would let that stuff out of his mouth. Right. It's almost like that's what this guy turned into. How creepy. And to see all of that stuff, what is going on in that area of Kentucky? Now, we know that Kentucky can be a crazy place because it's basically built over an entire cave system. So it probably is one of the most haunted states we have in America. No, it's crazy because that's where Jerry lives. Oh, you're right. (laughs) It's all Jerry's fault. It's Jerry's fault. (laughs) Is Octagon Hall distinct for more reasons than just its unique design? Do parts of its tragic past continue to replay in the present? Do spirits continue to roam the grounds and buildings of the Octagon Hall plantation? That is for you to decide. Well, it looks like a great museum to check out. We'll have to stop in there sometime when we're up in Kentucky. I definitely want to. Maybe even work in time for an investigation. Exactly. I want to thank you guys for tuning in for this Redux. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.